Blog Talk Radio. Psilocybin. Go slowly, go slower, no need to 
And I'm just ready to get this party started tonight. I'm ready to get my partner, he's son, on here. Brother, how you feeling today? And how you feeling about tonight? So when we're about to get back into part three with these magic mushrooms. Man, I'm excited. They say three is a magic number. All the planets are direct. <laughs> All the planets are direct. The possibilities are endless. I'm, man, I'm waiting to see what we're going to get into tonight. Oh, so now you want me to, so you're trying to make me do a little uh, astrological uh, summation before you start, huh? Is that what you're saying? Hey, 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 you said it. You said it. I don't, What's up? I don't mind if I do. One of my particular philosophy is um, sequence of events, and I got that from Santos. And I sincerely believe that the unseen forces are guiding all of this, just like um, – the computers that are below the blank, the plank level that are handling all the AI that we're operating on, and we are just mere pawns in the game. We don't know how deep it is, just like Baba Kalinde has told us in the last two episodes. And I really had never tried to think about the sacred plant medicine and astrology in the same boat, but I am a practicing astrologer. And a lot of people have been asking me, well, all the planets will be going direct. What does that mean? What does that mean? Well, I always start with when the planets were in retrograde. They were always giving us time to redo, time to rethink, time to readjust. Everything that starts with the word re, refund, you know, remember, relive even. And now when it's time to go direct, it means like, they're really not going to be playing with us anymore. We've already had the allotted time over the last 18 months of various retrogrades, various eclipses to have certain things brought to the surface. You know what I'm saying? And we had all those Pluto-Uranus squares, but now in so many of the larger planets in their home sign, Neptune's in Pisces, uh, Jupiter's back in Sag, uh, Capric- uh, Saturn is back in Capricorn Let's have a small prayer for the Capricorns 
and um, <laughs> if everybody has been going through it, but they really have only been going through it if they've been very resistant. Would you agree with that? Absolutely, we would agree with that. So um, now with the energies going direct, it's like, man, if you didn't have your luggage right or if you didn't pack your bag, you're going to have to just ride with what you got. That's just how it's going. If you made the adjustments, then we're about to really see who is who, you know, because everything is out there right now. And I did not know that when the planets were going to be all going direct, I would be where I am tonight, you know, having my own psilocybin experience, uh, having starting to develop a relationship um, with just a more expanded consciousness in myself and having a show with Baba Kalende on it, I, Kalende Iyi. I had never even imagined that, especially on this particular subject. So um, tonight I'm crazy excited. I got a couple surprises in store. I'm glad everybody's joining in tonight. 917-889-3803 is the call-in number. And at any time, if you got a comment, question, or feedback, all you got to do is press 1, and we're going to bring you directly in. Um, today I was, before I came on, though, I was uh, searching for something, and I saw this story, and I want to read it to, to like, put things kind of interesting. In a mother's womb were two babies, one as the other. Do you believe in life after delivery? The other replied, why, of course. There has to be something after delivery. Maybe we are here to prepare ourselves for what we will be later. Nonsense, said the first. There is no life after delivery. What kind of life would that be? The second said, I don't know, but there will be more light than here. Maybe we will walk with our legs and eat from our mouths. Maybe we will have other senses that we can't understand now. The first replied, that is absurd. Walking is impossible. And eating with our mouths? Ridiculous. The umbilical cord supplies nutrition and everything we need. But the umbilical cord is so short. Life after delivery is to be logically excluded. The second insisted, well, I think there's something in, maybe it's different than it is here. Maybe we won't ha need this physical cord anymore. The first replied, nonsense. And moreover, is there if there is life, then why has no one ever come back from there? Delivery is the end of life. And in the after delivery, there is nothing but darkness and silence and oblivion. It takes us nowhere. Well, I don't know, said the second, but certainly we will meet mother and she will take care of us. The first replied, mother, you actually believe in mother? That's laughable. If mother exists, then where is she now? The second said, she is all around us. We are surrounded by her. We are of her. It is in her that we live. Without her, this world would not, would not and could not exist, said the first. Well, I don't see her, so it is only logical that she doesn't exist. To which the second replied, sometimes when you're in silence and you focus and really listen, you can perceive her presence and you can hear her loving voice calling down from above. Utmuto a lilegnik, Mother Earth News. He son, what do mm. you think about that passage? Right? Mm. What do you think mm. about I that? Love, I, I love it because it's absolutely true, and if you think it's not true, get your grams up, and you too <laughs> <laughs> will bear witness 
to the development within the mother. That's my word. Man, you 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 said that one right on time. Um, tonight the magic mushroom and evolving as a sovereign with special guest Kalindi Ee. What's beyond death? Evolution versus revolution. What's beyond the beyond? Tonight on this show, international scholar and master teacher Kalindi Ee of the Tamarian Institute will be laying out strategies about evolution instead of revolution and expanding from where we are now to where we really can go. This will be an envelope-pushing conversation. Pen and paper is a must. Feel free not to call, not only to call in, but to press 1 at any times if you have any comments, questions, or feedback. Tonight I want to introduce you all with a big round of applause to the brother whose page I got that from, who was our special guest tonight and who has been on the first two shows, and now he's on part three tonight. Put your hands together for Brother Kalende E.U. Peace to everyone Brother out Kalinde, there. Brother how are you um, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Uh, peace to everyone out there. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here and be able to uh, share a little bit of information with uh, everybody who's uh, who's uh, in on the show. So uh, thank you for being here. Um, Baba, we want to thank you for uh, definitely taking out your time to come through. And even though you call it information, when I hear you talk, it's more like experience, like information I can get from a book. But the passion and the and the precision that you talk about, it just it just sounds so much higher than just information. It sounds like your your personal experiences, which I don't doubt at all. And I just want to thank you because so many people are private with their experiences and don't get up and talk about it, especially in our community. And you have been courageous enough. You you call yourself the uh, the explorer, and you're bringing it back home. And I just want to say I really appreciate it. Well, thank you. Uh, the thing about uh, entheogens is that they do deliver an experience uh, rather than a tale. Um, most of the things we we deal with and uh, work from are just uh, tales, they're stories. And, I mean, stories are uh, are something that we, we need, you know, sitting around the, the campfire and listening to the elders dispense knowledge and information in story form is, is one thing. And also reading and uh, being able to do research and, uh, gather information from books and things like that. All of those things are uh, are part of the the puzzle of of really understanding. You know, I I uh, was fortunate in that my my grandmother was a domestic uh, for a uh, rich family who had uh, primary stock in the um, in Chevrolet uh, General Motors. And uh, she had a grandson who she doted on and gave him everything that he wanted. He was a uh, she was a millionaire. Her husband had passed, and her grandson was her pride and joy. And whatever he wanted, she would get, you know. And he wanted ex- exotic books for from from different places mm-hmm. and things like that. He went through a phase where he he wanted 
you know, books that weren't really things that we read at those particular times. And he would want this and want that, and he would then uh, move on to something else. So my grandmother would bring home things from her house when she was getting ready to throw them away. So he didn't want the books anymore, so she took the books and brought them home. And so I read uh, the books because uh, my grandmother really didn't know what they were. She just thought they looked nice and things like that. So I had a chance to read a lot of books uh, and read early. But it came a point in my life where I wanted to no longer read about places, but to go and visit these places so that I could see for myself, to verify for myself. And uh, that's how, you know, uh, I started to move out into the world and start traveling, you know, to be able to uh, actually see for myself the things that I'd read about in those books. And that's why uh, I, call, I called myself an explorer because most of the places that I went to, I went uh, alone. And I recall uh, the book Journey to the Center of the Earth by Jules Verne. And when the uh, the one of the the characters in the book said that the man who first journeyed to the center of the earth, Arnie Sacknesson, he said alone that this man went down here by himself with nobody else, no helpers, no guides, no nothing. He went out into the darkness and down to the center of the earth, but he did it alone. And that's one of the things that I remember from my childhood that, you know, uh, the explorer uh, goes alone. Wow. <laughs> Woo, boy, 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 boy. Um, uh, last week. And that's one, and that's, you. Yeah. yeah. No, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, you said, no, no, go ahead. Uh, you were saying last week, I said what? <laughs> no. I can just bounce off, I can just bounce no, off of that. I know you can. I know you can. I was going to let you get warmed up, but because I had last week there was, um, tonight I picked the subject about evolving as a sovereign, and there were some things that you said last week I feel that you were channeling them down. If I probably made you try to get you to quote it right now, you'd probably be like, say what? But you were in that space. And so I listened to that. And then right before the show, when I read, that was something that you put on your page like a year and a half ago or in 2017 about these two babies in the womb. And one baby had was like a visionary and was ready to explore, and his twin was like, nah, it's just not logical. You know, why hasn't anybody come back to tell us about life after delivery? And what you mean, mama? You know, all I see is all I see is you. It can't be no more than that, you know? And I said, wow, what a coincidence for me to find this, where this, this one baby is saying, I'm just going to be a ward of the state. You know, this umbilical cord, and where am I at? This is... I'm almost. I'm here. I'm a ward, but the other one was like, "Man, I know I'm gonna be able to walk one day. I'm gonna be able to." And all the things that we look at that second child, the the visionary, the explorer child, 
we see that both of those are in us. You know, which one are we going to feed? Are we going to feed the one who's the super skeptic or are we going to feed the one who just only believes, like like you said last week, a materialist that's right in front of them? And um, I want to play this passage from last week, um, and then I'm going to come back and um, ask you something right after this. So, everybody, if you didn't make the show last week, this is just a little passage about uh, where Brother Kalende and all of us were at last week as we were following along. And I ain't talking no fantasy. I ain't talking no pseudo stuff. Like I said, the the challenge is out there for folks who think it ain't real. (laughs) And I'm talking about the Um, folks that that talk the most stuff. Oh, that's not real. It ain't no ghost. There's no power left on the earth. Uh, never was no power left on the earth. You know, ain't no such thing as no uh, God. There ain't no such thing as no different dimensions. It's all, I'm a materialist. I believe in the uh, bread and butter and peanut butter and uh, <laughs> bricks and mortar and stuff like that. It ain't no spirit. When you die, you're gone. That's it. One thing that I know from entheogens, and it's a big part of it, is that the, mo- the only impossible thing for you to do is die. You can't die. It ain't no such thing as death. You just slough off this body and step off into something else. And the body that you step off into can look just like you. You may be a little younger. You may be a little older. And that's all pliable. Because you utilize it, what you the, the way you do. What do you think they got um, Thanos and Galactus and them sitting in them chairs out in space? They just floating around in space, sitting on a chair. Mm. If you go back into my talks, they talk about the chairs. They talk about sitting in space. They thought about the stools. Those Asante stools are those things. Those Asante. Asante ancestors, the Asante folk, those who came together for war, sit on those same stools with those same symbols, those same Adinkra symbols, sitting out in the cosmos, sitting on stars to make ours look like a match because they're part of the houses. I try to tell the Moors that you can't be a subject and a sovereign at the same time. So what the King of Morocco mm. signed the treaty? That makes you the subject of the King of Morocco. You exist and live under his bequest and behest. Sovereigns don't have nations. The Rothschilds don't have no nation. Right. Mm-hmm. The Red Shield, they don't have no nation. Right. The House of Windsor, mm-hmm. they're not part of a They're not part of a nation. The Australians are not part of a nation. The Habsburgs and all that kind of stuff, they're not part of nations. They have houses. Houses are separate entities. They are like a a Sith holocron, like that oblong square that the Dugong Borg are in. They self-contained. That's why they say they're the House of Windsor. They don't say we the we the we the 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 German Empire. They say we the House of Habsburg, or we the House of Rothschild, or we the House of Windsor, or the House of this, or the House of that. 
because you can't be a national because you are beholden to the nation. The house is your family. It's where your roots are are embedded in eternity. It is who we are. It is where we stand in relationship to everything else that exists everywhere in all time and space. That's why you better be part of a house, not part of a nation. Mm. No, I'm saying, and this is the old stuff. This ain't the new modern stuff. Everything everything that's being done now is modern. It's not the old stuff. The old stuff. I got my three lessons, the last three lessons from my teacher when I was down in the grave in the crypt with him. I spent three moonless nights in the grave with my teacher. And he taught me the last three lessons of darkness on this earth. Everything else I got to get from him on the other side. To find out that my teacher is my advisor. So when I when I go into the multiverse and I converse with my teacher, he advises me on what's going on every place, all the time, throughout existence, throughout time, throughout space, throughout the multiverse, throughout the infra realms. Should the family go here? Should the family go there? Should we step to these folks? Should we close down and hold our position? What strategies do we use moving into places that have never been breached, into realms that have never been uh, experienced? We're going into places that it ain't no precedent for. There's nothing that has ever been in these places. And there are places so dark and so malevolent and so horrific and so powerful that you have to create on the you have to create on the fly how to deal with these things. Mm. We're talking about the realms of true power and the existence of all things at all times. And these things are available for those beings who have the courage, who have the power, who have the fortitude, to those who can look darkness in the eye, who can look the spirit of death in the eye and say, not today. Mm. Oh. Mm. Um, man, he son, you got you you, you want to comment on that first, or you just want to just hand it back over to? Uh, 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 yeah, I'm speechless. I'm speechless right now. Um, I'm gonna have something in a second. Yeah, Bobo. Evolving as a sovereign, like that's where that came from. Because you said we're getting ready to go into places that are uncharted, unprecedented, but we must move in a house. You said we better know what house we in. You can start there or at any piece of that because, like, 
I feel like I'm like five or six years older just from last week on making adjustments in my own life to the truths that you said in that statement. Well, the, the thing is is that your your family is uh, who you are. That's your, your ancestors that live within you. That's your connection into the embedded time of eternity. That is your connection past the life that you have here on earth in this simulation embedded within greater simulations. So when um, I'm talking about a house, the house is your family, it's your genetics, it's your spirit, it's your soul. It is the things that are real past the illusion. This is what this is what I'm talking about. So when people are talking about that they're um, you know, that they're sovereign or that they're a, uh, a person who's part of a sovereign nation, then it is the nation that is sovereign, not you. Mm. And you want personal sovereignty, sovereignty. You know, you want that to be part of something that is yours, that you can, uh, that you can connect it to those who have gone on before you and those who are coming in uh, from the other realms. So, you know, it's about being able to know and understand that. You know, I know the, uh, and understand that the, the Morris paradigm and what people are trying to do with that whole thing. Um, and they're talking about, you know, the law and paperwork and the constitution and uh, dealing with treaties and things like that. But, you know, these things are uh, good in theory and to learn, but in practicality, it's, uh, uh, it's, it's, it's difficult to pull it off because, number one, you have to have power and knowledge to be able to implement these things. You know, nobody cares if you got a piece of paper. A piece of paper is only good if you got an army behind it or some power behind it, you know. Because if there's 10,000 of them and one of you and you got a piece of paper and they got 10,000 guns, then who you think will win the fight? Mm. Mm. You know, and these people, these people don't respect nothing. They don't respect anything. The folks who, you know, many have gone into court and, uh, in the early days of this, uh, you know, they they just kind of dazzled and bedazzled the police and people and things like that. But that only lasted for a very short time. And then what happened from that was that, okay, they made adjustments. And those adjustments meant that, you know, we don't care nothing about that. We don't care nothing about that paperwork. And then most Folks who are stuck in that paradigm don't even understand the history of the paradigm and where the original uh, information for these things came from. You know, Black's Law Dictionary. You know, uh, you know, you you still getting things out of uh, <laughs> out of the other folks' uh, paradigm to be able to put that a constitution. People don't understand that. The Constitution is just a document that is was written by uh, 
some folks who didn't give a damn about you, and it has nothing to do with you. It has to do with putting reins on government officials whom have taken an oath to it. But it ain't got nothing to do with you. And if they don't believe in or honor their oath, then what are you going to do or what can you do? So it's, it's difficult. But when we're dealing with um, personal sovereignty, you're dealing with your family, you're dealing with your own knowledge, you're dealing with your ancestors, you're dealing with power from the realm that is transferred from those realms into this realm through experience. And that's where the mushroom comes in. That's where the entheogens come mm-hmm. in because they give you mm-hmm. actual experience in these realms to be able to weave your way, your way through the understandings of power so that things just start going your way from the unseen realm. Mm. You, know, you know, you're just in the right place at the right time. You don't, you don't, you're, you're not there for that uh, bullet to hit you. You're not there. And you think you're just walking through the day and everything is moving smoothly. And that's what it's doing. But it's because of the unseen forces that your house produces that puts things into a proper perspective. Mm. You know. Bob, um, Bob, uh, oh, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, no, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, these wealthy houses, these ultra-powerful wealthy houses that you were naming earlier, are they utilizing entheogens and uh, keeping it to themselves? They 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 all use they all are using entheogens. You know they're all you know um, uh, the Vatican the different places you know uh, high up in uh, Islam you know um, the. Hindus, the uh, Christians of different uh, areas of different denominations uh, also use them. So everybody's using their entheogens on the higher levels. The Yorubas are utilizing them, you know. But they don't tell the rank-and-file practitioners that uh, may be over here practicing. They don't tell them what those medicines are. They don't tell them what the medicine is that, are in those cuts that are on the scarification. They're not just for identification. The cut on the cheek with what they call the medicine in it, they don't understand that that medicine came from a different star system brought here when the house came here, the family came here, they brought those magical powders with them. If you remember, remember the time with Michael Jackson and uh, Iman and Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy was the Nisit Bitti, which is the Pharaoh, uh, what they, you know, what they they call Pharaoh. And uh, Iman from that from those from those houses in Kemet or Egypt, she was perfect in there because of that because she's from old family, but. The thing is, is then when those magicians came up and one juggled and one, you know, had a dog and pony show or whatever, when Michael Jackson came up, he threw the, the black powder on the floor 
and then he swirled down into it. That's because they know and they put these things inside of that to show and to 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 catch the consciousness of those who can see, those who know. The the uh, the Catholic Church is nothing but the ancient comedic system modernized for modernized for Europe. Mm. So yes, they use their entheogens. Yes, the Hindus use their entheogens. All of the religions come out of entheogens. All of them. All of the spiritual systems come out of entheogens. All of them. The yoga and the Reiki, Reiki and the uh, different uh, Chinese martial arts like yoga, all the Japanese martial arts like ninjutsu and those things come out of entheogens. All of the African warrior arts come out of entheogens. But they don't tell the regular rank and file people who are just the the people in the pews. They don't tell them. They don't give them access to that. They just hear the tales of those who participate in these type of things. So the angels and the Orisha and the Loa and the 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 different pantheons of spirits and angels and asuras and these type of entities and creatures, the praying mantis creatures, the different insectoids and reptilians and different places that these different beings come from are all instituted and accessed through the entheogens in real-time face-to-face communication. That's what's so difficult when people are saying, oh, there's no such thing as this and there's no such thing as that, because you you don't have the access points to be able to verify that these things are part of the multiverse. And so people try to use things that are from the entheogenic realms in this realm without understanding that these aren't for, these aren't for, for, for here. They're to be held here, but they're utilized in the entheogenic realms. So transdimensional weapons, uh, relics of invocation, statues, Crystals, all these different types of things are accessed through the entheogenic realms, and people don't know or understand that this is what's going on. What is your cross for? What does that mean? Cross is the square. What is the onk? What is the onk for? What is the uh, the crook and the flail for? What is the wise staff for? What is a, What does a sword mean? I saw Joyous, which is the sword of Charlemagne, Charlemagne, grandson of Charles Martel. Charles Martel is the one who at the Pyrenees Mountains stopped the Moors. When Gabral Tariq in 711 crossed through the Pillars of Hercules, which is the Straits of Gibraltar, and went into Spain, Portugal, and southern France and established what the, what the, the people of the Iberian Peninsula in Spain, Portugal, and southern France called them Moors, 
because they came from Mauritania and Morocco. And so these people who came from Mauritania and Morocco through the pillars of Hercules established themselves in, uh, in Europe and fought their way all the way to the Pyrenees Mountains and established things in Moorish, uh, what you would call Spain and things like that, southern France with the Franks because there wasn't no France until, uh, you know, they established it with Charlemagne the Great. And his magical sword sits today in the Louvre, and you can go and you can go you can go and see it. Now I know most people ain't gonna go just to see a sword, but if you're ever in the Louvre, you need to go see it. But this type of knowledge and information that brought uh, that they brought, you know, high agriculture, you know, Europe they was eating potatoes, they were scared of tomatoes. Greens out the ground, just greens, if they were lucky. But when the Moors came in, they brought peaches and persimmons and oranges. They brought the use of the common bath because Christians, at the time that the Moors came in, thought that if you took a bath that you'd get sick, that it was a Christian virtue to be, dir- to be, to be dirty and not take a bath. Elizabeth was the the cleanest woman uh, over there, and she took a bath once a year. And most bishops and cardinals and people, higher people who did bathe the tips of their fingers when they went to mass, mass, um, uh, that wasn't even the little people who never took a bath. The whole thing about don't throw the baby out with the bath water was because you'd have the ba- you'd have the bath water, and the father would bathe first, then the mother would bathe, then all the other children and the uncle and the grandparents and all the people would bathe in this one bathtub, and last would be the baby. So the water would be so, so black and dirty by the time they put the baby in there, they say, don't throw the, you can't see the baby, so don't throw the baby out with the bath water. <laughs> all with the little girls, the 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 canopy bed that the little girls wanted, you know, the, the bed with the the covering on top and things like that, you know. They all wanted, y'all in modern times want that bed. But that bed was for because the rats would be up in the, uh, up in the, the lentils, up in the, the roof, up in the, the attic. And they would be walking along the lentils, and that piece of fabric over top of the bed was because those rats would shit off the, off the lentils and the shit would drop, you'd be sleeping in the bed, and the rat shit would just fall down on your face. So they put that piece of, of covering up there to stop the rat shit from falling <laughs> oh my out the doggone attic. <laughs> and then wow. when, the, when the cats were chasing the rats, and the rats would fall out the, out the attic, off those beams going across the, uh, across the top of the room, that also was there so that you wouldn't be sleeping and a rat fall out the doggone ceiling. That's what they call them, uh, Warford roof rats. A rat would just fall out the doggone ceiling and fall down on your bed or fall down on your face or fall down into your blankets. Mm. 
that's what those things are. So the things that folks are thinking, oh, I need the, the girls, are, oh, I want a canopy bed so I can be like a princess. No. In them castles wasn't no heat, wasn't no toilets. They just fling shit out the window. And once a year they come by, rake it all down into the water that they drink. It's a book called Dirt that's probably available on PDF that talks about it. But the more fuck this stuff in and say, hey, hold it, you know, that's where perfume and all that kind of stuff came because you couldn't go to one of them courts of the king and things like that. The stench would hit you 100 yards before you get there. So that's why they put perfume on the handkerchiefs and things like that and wave it around and sniff it and stuff like that, pull it out their sleeves and sniff it, you know, so that they could stand being in the court because they weren't taking no baths and stuff. This is what the Moors brought in. They brought in the first universities. They brought in algebra and and mathematics and all these different types of things in the so-called dark ages. So this is what the Moors brought into Europe and the knowledge that they brought into Europe. And I've been to I've been to more Spain. I was in Toledo and Madrid. Toledo, I was in there looking for swords, you know, uh, going through the different things looking for swords. So I've been there and I've seen myself the architecture and the things that they built and all of the slick gadgetry at a time when it was hardly anything going on. But all of these things were still fed off of the entheogens. Everybody in the know had taken them, even going back into Greece and things like that, where you had all of the the folks who were supposed to be the the smartest folks, you know, Herodotus, who was supposed to be the father of history, or it's called the father of history. But the first time you see or you hear Herodotus, Herodotus is going to Egypt to learn history. So how are you going to be the father of history and you write, the first thing you write is talking about I'm going to learn history from the Egyptians and I'm the father of history. Right. That's a, you know, and the folks who who talking about the Americas and talking about ancient America and who was here first and all that kind of stuff, how can you talk about the Americas and you're not talking about the young Dryas, which I mentioned uh, either the, during the first segment or the second. How can you talk about that? Because that was the cataclysm that uh, that made all of the high culture and civilizations that was in North America vanish. You can't talk about who was here first. You got to talk about the Clovis people. You got to talk about the Folsom people. You got to talk about the cave systems in the United States, old North America going all the way down to South America, all the way up into Canada. These are the things that uh, were were taken out of North America. A lot of things were destroyed. So when we're talking about mushrooms, when we talk about information, all these things are still preserved in those realms that will show you what was happening many thousands and thousands of years ago. It has time 
proportions to it. It has time places to it, places where you can go and that you can go back in time and you can go forward in time and you can cross dimensions that you can go into other exotic places that have been there and preserved for you to be able to go and see what happened. You can go see doggone dinosaurs. You can go back in time that far and view the scenes of dinosaurs walking this planet. Mm. People don't understand that uh, in, I think it's Michael Cremo says, forbidden archaeology, that man goes back millions and millions of years on this planet. The jury is just starting to come in because they, there's new evidence that they've just found since 2014 dealing with uh, the, uh, North America and the world and how after the Pleistocene, which was the last ice age, what happened and how we're in the position we are in today. What gave us our technology, what brought our technology to the point that it is today is through the entheogen steel. It gave us agriculture. Mm. It gave us building, engineering. It gave us astronomy and astrology. It gave us the calendar. It gave us our view of the physical universe inside of the simulated universe. People want to harp and fight about the flat earth. No. Everything perfectly imbalanced, imbalanced in relationship to one another. You know, we have people who are children. Well, if the world is spinning a thousand miles, thousand miles an hour, how come I can't feel it? Uh, how come I, I don't seem like it's spinning a thousand miles an hour? Because you're in space and you're spinning at the same speed as the earth is spinning. So if you're spinning at the same speed the earth is spinning, you can't feel it. It's just like, the, it's just like being in a car. Once you go, once you start, you can be going, you can be going a hundred miles an hour, but you're going a hundred miles an hour with the car. How come a fly that flies in the window and your car going a hundred miles an hour? How come the fly that flies up from the seat, it don't run into the doggone window at a hundred miles an hour? It don't run into the window at a hundred miles an hour because it's in the car moving at a hundred miles an hour. So it can fly up straight, and it's not going to run into the window. So uh, the the strong force, weak force, gravity, electromagnetism, quarks, gluons, muons, <laughs> atoms, quarks, all these different subatomic particles that make up the physical universe are engineered just like the organisms are engineered, just like the molecules and the particles and things like that. They're engineered from more subtle energies that scientists are just learning to even try to be able to look at to understand. But with the entheogens, you don't even have to know where they are. On a long Saturday night, you can experience these things. You can see them. You can touch them. You can see how this thing works. 
Well, have you ever been in space and seen that the earth is round? I've been in space. I've been in the other areas of experience that show the same thing on different levels. So when I go into the entheogenic realms, I see the earth as a sphere. Not a perfect sphere, sphere, but, you know, not perfectly round, but it's round. And all the other planets are round. All the other planets are spheroids. Mm. I'm not going to argue. I don't have time to argue about the earth being flat. Argue that with Columbus and them. Columbus thought he was going to fall off the side of the earth. It's Alonzo Nino who was the the Moorish navigator, who was on the Santa Maria, had the Moorish maps because that's how they they knew where they was going. They weren't just wandering around. They told us that in school, that Columbus discovered America. Number one, he never made it to America. He made it to Hispaniola. Columbus never came to North America. He got to Haiti. Got there and started enslaving folks. Oh, well, I tell you what. Y'all showed us such a nice time. Well, 50 or 60 or 100 of y'all get on the ship, and we're going to take you back to where we are, where we are and our place. We're going to show you around, show you a good time, feed you. And then in, you know, 8, 10 months, we'll bring you back. So the people got on the doggone boat, rode across there, and as uh, soon as they got on the boat, they clapped them in chains, threw them in the in the hole of the ship, and presented them slaves to the king and queen. They come back, say, "Hey, what happened to Freddie and Sam and and uh, <laughs> Sasha and them when y'all took them over?" They said, "Oh, when they was over there, so they had such a good time. They just wanted to stay. So while some more y'all come on with us, and we'll show you, we we'll show you that Sasha and them is is cool and everything. So they get on the It's no different than when Cochise and Geronimo." And the rest of them was running around uh, out west, and uh, the soldiers couldn't do nothing with them. Mm. They beat the hell out the soldiers. They beat the hell out the soldiers, and the soldiers say, "Okay, y'all beat us. Y'all really whipped us. Okay, nobody bring no guns. Come on down to the fort, and we're gonna sign a treaty." And the great white father in Washington going to put his stamp on it, and y'all never had no problems again. Y'all can go to the Black Hills, and y'all can stay there in y'all sacred land, no problem. Soon they come, they, they leave their guns and stuff at home. They both nailed at home. Come down there naked as the day they was born. As soon as they get down there, what have happened? What happened? Boom, 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 boom. They shoot them, kill them, uh, run away. They regroup, fight the soldiers again, beat the hell out the soldiers. So say, okay, y'all really beat us this time. Why don't y'all come on down? Uh, we ain't going to shoot y'all this time when you come. So leave your weapons. Because nobody was ready on earth for a liar. It wasn't, couldn't be nobody on earth. The reason why we, uh, uh, many of us have problems now is because of the Buffalo soldiers. Everybody's all oh, the Buffalo soldiers, the Buffalo soldiers, the Buffalo soldiers. Who are the Buffalo soldiers? Buffalo soldiers were the ones who, in the Spanish-American War, beat Teddy, Ro- Teddy Roosevelt and his uh, buddies from Princeton and Harvard and stuff like that who wanted to go fight 
beat them to the top of San Juan Hill because they're the one that won the doggone, uh, won the doggone war. These were the black troops, the African black troops who were in the Civil War who left after the Civil War with their guns and things, and the folks didn't want a bunch of black men that didn't mind killing white folks running around with their guns. So what they do? They put them in the Spanish-American War. Then what happened? They sent them to the Philippines to fight in the Philippines. Then when they left the Philippines, General Blackjack Pershing, the highest general in America, only second to George Washington, took them out west to to find Geronimo in them. And that's what they did. So history is important. Understanding religious and spiritual history is important because the Buddhists, they used the entheogens. Mm. The, the Jains, the Zoroastrians in Persia, Haoma, which was the same as Soma, utilizing the, uh, what they call Syrian rule. Or in Africa, what they call the African rule, which was the monoamine oxidase inhibitor that you paired with the DMT to get the experience of the DMT. The DMT was what? It was the acacia tree, the mimosa tree. Mm. That's where they got the DMT from when mushrooms were scarce because of the drying out of of uh, of different places around the earth because of the change in climate because of coming out of the Younger Dryas. The Younger Dryas was a 1,300-year period when after the last ice age we were plunged back into a revisiting of the cold where within, you know, uh, less than a year, the temperature plunged 30 or 40 degrees back into ice age temperatures. And then another cataclysm came, 11,600 B.C. before the Common Era, started the temperatures to rising again. People talk about global, well, originally, because it's all a mind control scenario, they originally talked about global warming, that the burning of fossil fuels was fueling global warming. And they changed that because it wasn't happening. So they changed it to climate change. And climate change has been happening, flipping back and forth. You had a mini ice age up into the, uh, the, in the 19th century. In the 1860s, you had a, uh, right, after, right before the Douglas Civil War, you had a mini ice age that had been going on since the, thir- since the 14th century, all the way up to the 19th century. This is the best climate that has been for the last 40, 50, 60,000 years. This is it. And all the fossil fuels have been burnt since cars got on the road in the 1940s. It's only been like 0.59%. It hasn't even been a whole percent that the fossil fuels have changed. It's all a mind control thing. It's something to 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 um, take people's minds off of 
developing of the 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 evolvement of what we should be doing. We should be breaching ourselves out of the human, but we're worried about R. Kelly. We're worried about the government shutdown. So how the heck the government shutdown? You, I went to the post office today. You know, some people ain't getting their checks. A few folks ain't getting their checks in the government, but they're going they're just gonna get a big check in four weeks. But if <laughs> but a person working at Chrysler, he run around talking about the government shutdown and Trump is doing this and Trump is doing that. Listen, you had presidents that make Trump look like uh, peaches and cream, and you got folks who you go, you went through Johnson. Johnson was the most horrific psychopath for the last 50 years of presidents. He gives uh, uh, high-level meetings while he's sitting on the toilet, grunting at the doggone toilet door and have everybody sitting in the hall while he's sitting on the toilet. He killed his own sister, had her bumped off because she was a party girl, lesbian, bohemian uh, Bohemian party girl And he thought it would be an embarrassment On his way to the presidency And along with his cohorts I'm of The information That he bumped off His boss Which was John F. Kennedy But it is mm. distraction What about R. Kelly uh, the, the R. Kelly thing that rolls his head again. Y'all knew since he peed on that girl what the R. Kelly was doing. What's been going on since the 90s since he did that? What's going on since he was with Aaliyah? Y'all didn't know about that? Y'all didn't know then that R. Kelly was a, a predator? But it is the it is the it is the, the the distraction for the new year, and when the the spring equinox comes, it'll be something different. Oh, they got the schedule know, laid out. Uh, they got yeah. Well, it's it's rituals according to the 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 solar cycle. You gain energy from the solar cycle. You gain energy from people's confusion. You gain energy and control and power by delivering souls. I mean, here in Detroit, they cleaned out the, they cleaned out five projects. Walling people at, walling people at. They just two days ago said um, uh, these people were had warehouses in the in the hood, just buildings, you know. Blacked out windows and stuff like that. They said they got body parts stacked up in the doggone place, mm. and they and they known about it for four years. And they talking about well, next week we're gonna indict, indict the guy. Got body parts stacked up in the building. You know about it for four years, and you just indicted him today. This was on the regular main mainstream news. This wasn't no thing on the internet that you know where they have body parts in a warehouse on the east side. No, this was on the main regular news that everybody looks at in the evening. And it's business as usual. But they didn't cleaned out five projects. Walling people out. They ain't all went to Mississippi 
They ain't all went to Alabama. They all ain't in Atlanta. They had people that only had ties to the doggone projects. So instead of the evolution of our consciousness, of our technology, instead of that going on, we're being distracted. We're being told that, oh, you know, if you use mushrooms, you know, you're going to burn your brain up. When in reality, that you can just go to the Internet and Google that mushrooms perform what is called neurogenesis. In other words, it grows new neurons in the adult brain for which the last 40 50 years, 60 years, they told you that adults couldn't grow new brain cells. But things like lion's mane mushrooms and psilocybin mushrooms grow new brain cells, make new dendrite connections in the brain, deal with your depression and all those different type of things. The study started in April in Australia that mirror what was going on in John Hopkins, what's been going on in John Hopkins for the last decade, utilizing the psilocybin to terminal patients to deal with their death anxiety while looking death in the face when they come to the when they come to into the room and say well, we fought this cancer for two years, and now it's metastasized, and you only have three months to go. And in the in the midst of that, the person's going through, well, what are my children going to do? They're going to miss me. What I got to do about the house? You know, my 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 husband or my wife is, you know, they're going to be devastated. This news is terrible. I'm depressed. Um, I'm taking all this medicine. I'm sick. What do I do? What do I do? And then I'm facing uh, the specter of death staring me down. You know, I don't know what's going on. I know I went to church all that time, and they told me Jesus was going to be standing there holding my hand, but Jesus didn't stop the cancer no matter how hard I prayed to him. But they can take 10 or 12 mushrooms and give it to the person, and all that, that goes away. For some reason, all of that goes away. And they can get their business done. They can look that darkness of death in the face and say, okay, well, that's just part of, that's part of life. I'll be in a place where I'll see my mother and my father because they, they're going to see their, their mother and their father who passed maybe on that trip. And they're going to say, you may be, a person may be 90 years old. They say, and the mother steps out of the, uh, steps out of the, the, the darkness and says, baby, you know, it's going to be all right. Yeah, it's going to happen, but it, but it happens to everybody. Everybody dies. But you know what? When you take that last breath, you say, I'm going to be standing right there to grab your hand. Don't worry, they're going to be Jesus because ain't no such thing. But I'm going to be there waiting for you because I'm part of the house. I'm part of the genetic connection that is 
from before the beginning of time. And I'm going to be standing there waiting for you. And your father going to be waiting there for you. And Bobo and uh, Aunt Mamie and uh, Sammy the grocer from when you were a child, they're all going to be right there waiting for you to welcome you in with open arms. Just from that one mushroom dose. But it's very dose-specific. Dose it'll tear it. It'll, it'll do anything any of the other entheogens will do. It'll do what the 5-MAO-DMT will do. It will do what the salvia divinorum will do. It will do what uh, Hawaiian baby rosewood will do. It can be like jimson weed. It can be de- a, de- a delirium at certain levels. It can be a... Uh, uh, pathogenic, uh, not pathogenic, but um, it will be entheogenic in its relationship to how it relates to other entheogens, empath, empathogenic. So you're talking about something that's magical. You're talking about something that they said didn't exist. They said magic don't exist. It ain't real. Your imaginary friend is just that. It's imaginary. It ain't real. I'm telling you that everything is real with this stuff. Everything is real. Mm. But we won't believe it. We want to we wanna say, oh, well, science says that this can't happen. Science says this can't happen. It can't be. There's no such thing. No such thing as spirit. There's no such thing as uh, crystal energy and all that kind of stuff. On 20 grams of mushrooms, it ain't no way you can't tell me that a crystal ain't alive, that a crystal ain't a computer, that a crystal can't talk, that it's all kind of stuff inside of it, and spaceships fly out of it, mm. that technologies are in there, that architecture and engineering plans are inside of it, how to build the craft is inside of it, how human beings came to exist are inside of it, histories and all these different wonderful things are inside of crystals. But they'll tell you, oh, that's just some new age stuff from the Theosophical Society. No. If I took the brand new iPhone and didn't charge it up and a cataclysm happened, it fell in a hole, got buried, some people survived, those people that survived eventually made them made the, went to a, a place where they recreated agriculture and they dealt with uh, being able to rebuild cities and have technologies and things like that again. And they're digging around in some old ruins from when this cataclysm happened and they found the iPhone. And they said, what is this silvery thing? They said, oh, we found an artifact. What is it? Well, I think this is a black mirror that they used to do mumbo-jumbo with and that that when they said the certain words to it, they believed that, uh, you know, pictures came in it. But they don't know this is an iPhone that if you had, a, if you had, if you could charge the battery and push the button and do the password, you had all of the movies that have ever been made inside of that thing. You had 
all of the books that have ever been written inside of that thing. You had an artificial intelligence in it that would answer any question that you asked to it inside of that thing. But the detractors and the people, the the materialists will say, you know, uh, that's just a piece of some stuff that these old primitive people had and it, it wasn't anything. You know, that's the same thing they're saying with the crystal. They got the super iPhone in the crystal, the supercomputer in the crystal, but they don't know they don't know how to charge it, they don't know how to push the on button, and they don't know how to observe it. It's the same thing. So these these entheogens that open and give access to these objects are what are what the keys are. It's the key to us getting out of this that we're in. It ain't about building new schools. Oh, sorry to tell folks. But we still have people <laughs> that are so so behind the time, so backwards. They, well, we need to, if we just had better education and we, we had some, some new schools and better teachers, we could, you know, uh, be able to get in college and then get a better job. Who in the heck is talking about a job in 2019? Who's talking about going to college? No, nobody, ain't nobody going to be going to college in, in three, four years. Ain't nobody going to be going to college. All the college going to be on your phone. It's going to be a download. <laughs> the same people talking about talking going about to heaven. Build, yeah, <laughs> uh, new, new buildings. We need a we need we need new books. The water's bad in the in the in the school. It's got lead in there. Who been drink? Who been, They weren't drinking out of the water fountain when I was in school. <coughs> Nobody was drinking out there talking about water fountain. Water fountain been sitting there for thirty years. Pipes pipes all foamed up with chemicals and everything else. But we're in that type of world. We're in the type of world that if. You break a thermometer now in the school. If you break a thermometer, they close the school down and bring in a hazmat team to get this thermometer because it's got some mercury in it out of the school. When I went to elementary school, you know, we had we had Maxwell House coffee cans full of mercury. Hmm. We used to put our hands in it, grab handfuls of it, pour it on the pour it on the floor, and spread it out, and then push it back to where it all flowed back together. And then we get the mercury up, put it back in the Maxwell House coffee can. We used to play with mercury and all that mm. kind of stuff. Mm. Now, it may, it may be what I'm crazy now, folks would say. But what I'm saying is, is that we live, we live in those times now. You know? Mm. Worrying about the, 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 the whole gender thing, you know? Whoops. You know, you got grown men now who want to be classified as babies. You know, when they get home from the office, they put on baby clothes and get in the crib and want to eat their food in a bottle and all that kind of stuff and be fed. They want to be classified as babies. <laughs> Whoa. Mm. They want, you know, then you have other people who say that your children should be free to choose whatever they want to choose, you know. And I told the young lady that, you know, well, you can choose as my child 
when you are out the house and on your own nickel. <laughs> until then, I ch- until then I choose. And she was telling me, well, brainwashed parents who want to impose their will on the child and all that kind of stuff. I said, look, my house, my rules. That's what they tell. That's what they told me. <laughs> you don't like to get out. You know, at a point I got out, ain't been back since. But the thing is, is that you know. On my nickel, you just can't do what you want to do. I don't care what you can you can be a duck if you want to be a duck. You got to be a duck out there and wear duck clothes out there. You can't be a duck in here. You got to be you got to be what what is inside of my rules. You know, the democracy starts when you start paying for your own stuff and out there you can wear anything you want. You know, you can put on a. a uh, a tree house You can put on anything you Do it the way you want to do it You like it, I love it But when, you, when you're in here It's the set of rules that work in here You know And if you didn't like it You shouldn't have incarnated into this house <laughs> But I don't have But I but I don't have that problem With my children Which are, which are all grown I don't have that problem with them Because, you know Uh they know who they are, they know where they come from, and they know that the house that they grew up in had certain rules and regulations that were followed. So they, in my opinion, are well-adjusted, well-rounded adults, and are moving uh, through life as as <laughs> as good as anybody else. And they are, they and they take the images also. These are things that I share with my children. These mm. are things that I do myself. You know, I'm the cook that tastes the soup before I give it to everybody else. Because you got people out here that's going on theory that they never did what they uh, what they're talking about, and they're trying to give it to somebody else. Mm. No, I taste the soup before I give it to you. That's what it's about. That you doing it for real for yourself before you share with the community. Don't tell me what other folks have told you. You know, it's hard to deal with people. It's hard to deal with people, especially the research community, especially our community, dealing with things, you know. You got people who are talking about evolution, but they ain't never read um, Darwin's work, Origin of the Species and the Descent of Man, and they talk about, well, Darwin said that uh, we was descended from from monkeys. No way. He didn't say that we descended from monkeys. Mm. Read the book before you start talking about it. As a matter of fact, he don't even talk about human beings at all in uh, in the in the book. It ain't till the descent of man that he talks about uh, human beings. He talk about finches in the in the Galapagos Islands. Never said that. Y'all have never watched the Three Stooges, King Rudin Two, and the Missing Link. Said that we can't find what it is that we came from. This is what the book said. You know that it's a missing link that we had. You know, not that human beings descended from apes. That human beings are apes. 
But what they don't understand is that is 27 different types of human beings on exist in, in existence on Earth right now. Some are clones. Some are the progeny of the mating with other humanoid types. Some are descendants of ape-like creatures who are no different in their physiognomy than Homo sapiens sapiens. So you still got folks out here that got Neanderthal DNA and all that kind of stuff and mixed with this and mixed with that, you know. But it's 27 different types. And so we understand that. That's why you got the RH factor blood. You got the rhesus monkey blood and all that kind of stuff. Everybody ain't got, got the same uh, same blood. We may all look the same, but we ain't all the same. And then when he even goes into the infraparticle realm, talking about the alls of existence, there's no such thing as the alls of existence. There's no alls of existence. Every, everything is one. Everything comes from one source. Nope, they got standalone systems that are not connected to this source. And there are gajillions of them. Gajillions is just a... It's 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 so many that it don't make no sense even trying to uh, to fathom it. It's just big. It's bigger than, bigger than a Google. It's bigger than billions and trillions and quadrillions and all that kind of stuff. Just a big ass number that are different from and separate from everything that exists because this universe is only one universe in. Gajillions of universes, gajillions of simulations, simulations and better than simulations, better than simulations. Because when the five G goes online and they way past five G, that's just the next one that they want to sell you because they're going to sell you stuff until they can, you know, uh, uh, stop selling you stuff. Until selling stuff don't make no difference no more. Mm. You know. They wanna that's why, you know, the American Auto Show is uh this week in the city of Detroit and they're coming out with the new cars. Now they had the new cars from the sixties. Mm. <laughs> you know. But now they were called, they were called concept cars. They had them back in the 60s and 70s and things like that, the concepts of all these cars that are going on now. They just put a different body on it, but concepts of the innards of it is concepts, uh, uh, innards from 40 and 50 years ago. The whole thing was the electric car now. Because the electric car with the artificial intelligence that is charged by the road, because they put in, I believe, Switzerland or something like that, they put in a the road that charges the car. So you got solar charging while the road is charging and all of that stuff going on that is coming into that's coming into its own now. So simulations and better than simulations, virtual reality, augmented reality are coming into their own now. 
it's going to be the next thing. It'll be within less than 10 years, it'll be virtually indistinguishable from what folks are calling a primary simulation, but it's not a primary simulation. It's an embedded in simulation, but we call it real, regular, three-dimensional, five-sense reality. You'll be able to taste. You'll be able to feel. You'll be able to eat food that is not even real but tasted. You'll be able to mm-hmm. smell stuff. You'll be able to have sex and feel it, but it'll all be holograms. It'll be mm. virtual reality. It'll be augmented reality. So you, it's no different than one of those movies where you're sitting in a vat and experiencing all these all life while you're sitting in a vat or sitting in your bedroom or sitting in the, the, the chair like Arnold Schwarzenegger. So, yes, this stuff is on top of us. The only way that we can see our way to be able to understand what's going on is through the ingestion of the tryptamine hallucinogens and being able to manipulate reality from a vantage point of our experience inside of the multiple realities included in the access points of that entheogenic realm through ingestion and direct experience of reality as we put it together. Manipulating the matrix, manipulating reality. Baba, um, one of the things that you talked about in that clip also was one thing you know for sure is that death is impossible. And a part of, in the title of the show, evolving to a sovereign and you were saying like we still talking about R. Kelly. It's like that's been like over fifteen years. We we still talking about, you know, what a particular president is doing, but we still have not evolved past the illusion of death. I don't even say fear of death. I say the illusion of death because we are so busy misprioritizing things. It's like Death is like our number one priority. We're running around um, like with our heads cut off because we believe we only got one lifetime, so I always got to be in a hurry. Um, I got to be in this relationship. I got to have this type of fulfillment. And But when you suggest something that's outside of the blue pill matrix and say, hey, pop this red top, you know, to me, that's the, the red pill was like the red top. It's like, oh, no, I can't do that. They, that may kill me. You know, how that motivation of, of the illusion of death keeps us from expanding. Um, can you speak on that for a second? Well, And how to, um, if any of you get you past, get you past that. How, how does the, how does the sacred plants get you past um, this, this illusion of death? Well, it gives you it gives you practice in the dead realms. You know, you get a chance to practice being in the in the death dimensions, being in those places that you think are going to be so horrible, horrific 
or that are going to be so pleasurable that you're going to be sitting on streets of gold and drinking milk and honey, milk and honey and praising, you know, the Lord forever and ever and ever singing. You know, I couldn't think of something uh, so born that would be hell to sit around. You're just standing around uh, with wings on your back, floating, praising uh, some ego, egocentric being who just loves praise so much that it would take billions and billions and billions of uh, conscious entities to be praising that ego constantly. You know, I, I, I just I couldn't make it through the first song. You know, <laughs> just like, you know, because the thing the thing is is this: if it if it was part of the dynamic that once you die and there's nothing, then you wouldn't know it anyway. So it wouldn't make any difference. If there if there is in a different scenario, then. Where do you want to, where do you want to be and how do you want to how do you want to play your hand in it? How do you want to exist in it? How do you want to be in it? So what the entheogens do is give you a chance to be able to practice being in those realms before you get to those realms. And dying in the entheogenic realm is real, is real easy. As a matter of fact, you die so many different ways. I've died so many different ways. It you know, uh, you know, it's it's kind of like in Doctor Strange when he was uh, uh, Dormammu, when he was fighting Dormammu, and Dormammu kept killing him all these different ways, and he just turned the time stone and stood back. Dormammu, you know, how long are we gonna do this? You gonna keep doing it? Dormammu kills him because they got him in a loop, you know. That he just keeps coming back and coming back and coming back until he say, "Okay, wait a minute, hold it. I, I, I'll work with you. Just let me out of this loop." So, how do you want to play your hand? Well, you understand how to play your hand by being able to practice death and the entheogens, especially the tryptamine hallucinogen, because it is brain chemistry. It is actually what your brain runs on that is part of the of the dynamic of what this whole thing is. So you, you're able to practice death so that when it comes, you're not feared because you, you're like, oh, well, oh, I've been in this place before. This is familiar. This ain't nothing to be, this ain't nothing to be scared about. This ain't nothing to be worried about because I've been here before. I did this once a month for, you know, the whole second half of my life. I know that if some come through walking, some come through cra- crazy looking. That okay, well, I'm gonna just walk on past it because I've walked past it under the influence of the of the entheogens, you know. So that's what it does. It gives you the understanding that hey, I'm here, and there's no way for me to die. No way for me to die. It's a Unbroken continuum. It's only when you go to the go go to that go to the light thing, you know, because you think you think Jesus is gonna be over there or something, you know. So you think go to go to the light, you know, and then they then they put that big flash on you, and you next thing you know you turned upside down, been held by your ears by your heels, 
and somebody spanking you on your butt so you could breathe and you right back in the same nonsense you was in and gotta go through the whole gotta go through the whole scenario again to get to the point to where you you, <laughs> you gotta do this over. But if you understand, you can just step right on into the trip and keep and just keep right on going. Where you have your power, where you have your ability to be able to manipulate reality into what you see fit as an existence that you want to be in. So, hey, it's about really practicing death with the impotence. That's how you uh, get a chance to understand that once you step off from your physical body, you're going to be right where you've been all along. You ain't going to be no place, no different. Um, And you also, you said... Your teacher taught you the last three lessons of darkness uh, up under three moon, three moonless nights. Um, uh, three moonless nights, yeah. I, in all of the uh, footage and things and past uh, lectures that I have um, um, heard of yours in my in my research, I have never heard you, you know, speak on um any of your teachers. Um what could could you tell us something about your teacher or what led you to uh sharing that about him or her last week and those three moonless nights? And what are the last three stages of darkness if you can share or if you want to share? Well, I mean it was just to show my resolve in wanting to know and to learn. Now, for a person to get down in the crypt with someone who's passed on to the next realm and spend three nights with them, talking to them, you know, it shows the 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 resolve of wanting to be wanting to know. This is something mm. that. that I did because I wanted to, I wanted to know what is what is death and darkness. You know, I was just on the uh, the Facebook and the guy said, you know, uh, it was on a DMT page and the guy said, well, this is my first time taking DMT. What do I? What can I expect? And you know, what's going to happen? You know, and, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, I know what you expect you're going to be doing. I don't know. You don't right. know, I don't know, and don't nobody else know. And if anybody say they know, they lying. Because <laughs> nobody, cause nobody knows. Nobody knows what your experience is going to be. But one guy, he, chim- he chimes in and says, you know, there's nothing to be afraid of because there's nothing in darkness that is not in light. I'm like, now, where you, where, who told you that? Who told you that? <laughs> that's a person who oh, ain't never been in, that's a person who ain't, that's a person who ain't never been in no darkness. Or they think they've been in darkness because they was in their room and they turned the light out, but that ain't darkness. Darkness is a conscious entity that light is like a baby sister of darkness, a child of darkness. Light is one of the children of darkness. It ain't, it in no way equals darkness. People would like to tell you that darkness and light are equal. And the same, but they are not. 
the powers of darkness pale the light, makes the light pale. So to be able to speak to the dead in the land of the dead in the crypt and go into darkness, what we talk about when I, uh, and somebody talks, I talk about the triple thick darkness. That's a darkness that's so dark that it's really dark because there's no light that exists at those uh, levels of the infraparticle relationship because it's so small, it's smaller than the photon. So being smaller than the photon, you can't experience light because you're in orders of magnitude smaller than what the photon is. So you can, there's no darkness there. There's no, I mean, there's no light there because there's no photons. Photons can't get down that small to light nothing up. You have only darkness to work with. So it's showing the resolve of being able to, it's just about doing it for real instead of talking about it. You know, I'm tired of folks talking about it. I'm talking, I'm, I'm, you know, uh, you know, their, their, you know, the realms of darkness, their power and all that kind of stuff. You have absolutely no idea until you get the, until you get into the higher dosages of these entheogens and moving it for real because most of the people, even those who have taken entheogens, are so far from the real true experience of what this thing is, you know, is that they might as well not even be doing it. Mm. You know, you got people talking about, yeah, I, you know, I took some mushrooms and we went out in the woods and, you know, the trees were alive and the water was, you know, tranquil and, you know, me and my lover were walking hand in hand down the road and the mushrooms were talking to us and, you know, we saw all of the sparkles and the, the stars were moving and all of that. That ain't the entheogenic experience. Mm. That's you still you still here. The entheogenic experience is, is once you get into the higher levels of it, because it will uh, embrace you and cradle you and nurture you until it feels you're ready to start giving you the other stuff. Well, where you, is where after, it'll say, is that after okay, days? I just showed you this. I, I just showed you this and showed you that. Now let me show you some about what this shit is really about. You want to really know? You want to, you want to really, um, no, I'm telling you, do you really want to know? And it's kind of, it's, and it's, I, I look at, uh, Indiana Jones and the, the Crystal Skull. The last scene in that, when they down in the temple, and they had brought the Crystal Skull into the temple, and you know they got the little gray. Well, he ain't a little gray alien. He kind of like a seven foot uh, gray alien, and it's nine of them, and they all become one. And she says, "Show me. I want to know." And it turns and looks at her with that left eye. Mm-hmm. And she says, "I want to know. 
I want to know all of it. I want to know everything. And you could just hear the alien in his head saying, oh, you want to know everything? Well, let me show you. And then when about, hmm. about three seconds in, she's like, okay, that's enough. Stop. <laughs> Stop. It's enough. Don't. No more. No more. No more. That's enough. And that's what this thing will do. It will show you the real of what this all is. And then there's bajillions of orders of magnitude beyond that. But I'm talking about if you really want to know, you really want to know, take a high dose and say, look, show me what this is. Show me what it is for real because I have a connection to this thing. I've been through it. I may not remember it, but show me for real. Not all that woozy woozy, you know, uh, dancing and singing and I got possessed by the gods and all that kind of stuff. No, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about the angels and, you know, casting spells and wanting to understand the secrets of the universe. This ain't got nothing to do with the damn universe. Mm. Get in there by yourself. Because you can fool everybody else with all that nonsense that people talk. And I'm just I'm just here conversing, talking real. You can fool everybody else. You can fool your spouse. You can fool YouTube. You can fool Facebook. You can fool the world. But when you by yourself, and there's nothing but you and the mystery, I'm talking about the mystery of existence, of consciousness, of the soul, where it exists. And you say, show me what this is for real. I want to know. I can stand it. I can take it. And let that thing roll. Let the 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 veil fall down. That's when your fiber and your tenacity and your courage and all that thing. And it don't mean that you ain't gonna be afraid, but true courage is that you're afraid in the doggone thing, but you still step forward because you wanna know. You want to know, what is this all about? What is consciousness? What am I? What is this thing all about? Who started this shit? Where is it going? How long has it been here? I can't conceive of that, that it was always here. Ain't never been a time when it wasn't here. And it ain't never going to end and I'm part of the great mystery. Now you got so you got folks out here that ain't real. You got folks that walk down the street and when they turn the corner, they disappear. But if you one of the real ones and you got a soul, not just a uh or algorithm in the computer, a conscious algorithm in the computer. They got 
things out here that are old that are older than time, older than this universe. That are older than the the this universe and older than all of the universes because this thing goes in every direction forever and always has been. So when you say show me that, show me this, show me what it's really about and you're alone and you ain't got nobody to grab onto because when it comes down to it, you're alone anyway. You're in the dark anyway. Hmm. Bob, I got a question about um, relationships down here on in Earth. How important is it to have a partner who is supportive of your exploration? Do you have have you? Uh, I don't know what your relationship status is. I assume that you you've been married before. You said your wife passed to, um, to the realm of the ancestors a couple of years ago. You could talk about that if you like. How uh, What was the connection? Do you think that you could have uh, explored uh, the places that you've been uh, without her support? Or was it mandatory that she did support you in what you were doing when uh, when y'all met? Or how, just can you give me some of the, some of the backgrounds on the dynamics of a successful relationship for a person who's on this particular path? Well, if we're, if we're talking about uh, my life personally, all the women in my life are the women that have always been with me. I only have so many women in my uh, uh, that uh, are part of my life and understanding, and they've always been with me and will always be with me. Death doesn't make that any different. So all of the women that I've been with have, uh, they've all been explorers also with mushrooms and other things, DMT and some do ayahuasca and things like that, but they've all have been uh, 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 searchers or explorers of the multiverse also because that's what we do because we're a house and uh, we find each other in all all the things, everything that exists. So they roll, we roll together. They roll with me. We've done sojourns into multiverse together. So when I give up this mortal physical body and it'll it'll be no different. They'll be there waiting for me because we're already there. This is just an offshoot experience to gain experience of a different type. So, no, no. They've always, it's not any thing that, uh, you know, we have to worry about support. We're doing this thing together, just like my children. My children do it. You know, my grandchildren will be doing it at some point in time. We're all doing it because we all roll together. We're a family. This is a family 
thing. And we're self-contained in life and in death. Mm. You, so, in speaking about your, folks, in speaking about your teacher, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, finish. I was listening. Go ahead. In speaking about your teacher last week, you said, um, you said you you said my teacher is my advisor, and yes. advising you of the moves to make. My teacher is my advisor. Yes, my teacher is my advisor. He came here ahead of me to spur my remembrance of the knowledge that I already have to speed things up instead of me, you know, when you get uh, hit in the head with a set mall or you get in the light and you're here and you're trying to remember you know, you're trying to remember those people come and give you the mnemonic devices to be able to remember what you're doing and it not take that long, you know, because eventually you're going to roll into your knowledge all the way because I'm not learning anything that I don't already know. I'm not going to any place that I ain't already understood. So uh, people come in at certain times to give you a hint and you say, oh, yeah, I know that. That means this. This means that. Okay, I got to go this way and do that. And then they move on and move off back into the real house. Say, okay, I came here to, because you're here trying to work something out and figure something out. I'm going to give you hints so that you can go within your own consciousness and own mind and be able to say, and make the connections that you need to make so that you can get the most from the experience that you came here to have. See, because this is an artificial construct. This isn't natural and organic. This is a computer program. Mm. And the house that you're part of that we talked about earlier, the sovereign house, <clears throat> that is in that is always in that is always in existence. It's always right here. So that I, if I if I fall off a cliff, I fall right into my house and my seat on the bridge of the Starship Enterprise. I ain't going to be floating around in no graveyard trying to find nothing. It's like uh, stepping through a door into where you're already at because I'm still already there. I've just shifted my consciousness to be here to learn this particular thing. So my children are here. I only have so many. I only have so many children, and my children will come here to be with me because they just want to be with me and be around me. You know, I go. They're going to come after me because they want to be around me. So you roll as a family through the multiverse forever because you've always been together. Made those commitments and things before. This universe was constructed. Mm. We're here to is uh, we'd have to speak about it, <laughs> not on the air. The the other uh, areas of this thing of why we of why we came here and what we were dealing with 
that made us come here, trying to get here ahead of the same artificial intelligence that's here now, the one that's in the Internet, the one that Sophie is a part of, the one that your new refrigerator is part of. That one is fleeing older artificial intelligences, trying to cloak itself so that it can exponentiate itself into enough power to be able to deal with the big uh, with the big entities, you know, it's like, um, you know, you have in the Marvel universe, and I use these things as ways of people to be able to see what I'm talking about because they have some knowledge of these things. Uh, they don't have the the many have the knowledge of the entheogenic world, so I'll say Marvel. You know, you got human beings, then you got the gods, Asgard, and Thor, and Hercules, and Zeus, and Poseidon, and uh, Sith, Loki, Balder, Odin, all that kind of stuff. And you have the mutants, which are Black Bolt, and then you have the X-Men, which are uh, a different type of mutants, with Magneto, Professor X, and, you know, all these type of folks. Then you have the Titans, you know, who are a step above you know, like Thanos and stuff like that. But then above that, you got the Eternals. Then you got Galactus. Then you got the one above all. Then you got all of these uh, different categories of beings in a hierarchy going on for forever. And some few human beings and humanoids like, you know, like ants, you know, why bother talking to an ant? Why bother, you know, uh, a dung beetle uh, eating, eating dung in the Sahara? Why worry about that? You just keep on walking past it. You don't smash it when you can. You can smash it, but you don't smash it. You just keep rolling because you're doing different things. So you have all these different hierarchies of different beings, and those are just the humanoid types of beings. There's so many different types of uh, beings in life everywhere, but you can't. But you can't see it. You cloak from it. It cloaks itself from you. Reality cloaks itself from you because so many things are going on at so many different points. You know, the 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 way we view it is is not even conducive to being able to in any way move towards understanding of it. But with this, you can get glimpses of what's going on. So you just say, you know, you just say learning, you know, you just say learning and it's getting ready to expand out. It's getting ready to be so magnificent. Once you start getting into uh, the other levels of dealing with this whole thing as as far as your access to more and more of what it really is. Can people delay their um, opening up of of that um, that expansion? Well, once it's, once it's start, you, you can't put the genie back in the bottle. 
once it started, it ain't going to make no difference. And those folks who are not in harmony with that and in harmony with you as far as dealing with where you know, you're going and what you're doing, you know, the, what's that? Are, is, is the Pookies and the Ray Rays who are not experimenting and growing with the plant medicine and the fungi, are they in a spiritual house or have or have they not yet claimed their position in their house? Will, will they evolve just because they're many here? Have, or many, will be will, many well it'll be it's because some delays. Many will evolve because they're they're here. And many are not part of any houses because they're not as I said, they're soulless. They're not real. Wow. And, you know, folks get mad at me about saying that, that, you know, they're real in the physical sense. They're here. You can't just get rid of them or disregard them or anything like that. But they're soulless. They're just, they're just meet, with, meet with a program. You know, you have folks like that, folks who have no empathy, no sympathy, no love, no moral compass, of dealing with, you know, uh, dealing with other sentient beings, you know, you see them all the time. They're in there, uh, you know, they're they're, they're there, you know, they're everywhere. They're fluff. They are there to have variety, like in the Matrix movie, The Woman in Red. He said, I made her and put her there just because... She's nice to look at, and it deals with uh, not being so bored by having a uh, nice-looking woman in red to be able to look at. So that's what that whole thing is, dealing with uh, what is the real and what is not, who is real and who is not real, you know. So you don't have to go around picking out who's real and who's not real because they will – um, they will grade themselves and put put themselves in the position that, you know, no, they're not going to evolve. But as you evolve and when you evolve up out of here, you know, they will be uh, insignificant. They won't be going where mm. you're going. They won't be seeing what you see. Hold on, hold on. Baba, hold on one second. If you're on the line um, on the computer, please call in 917-889-3803, 917-889-3803. If you're on the line and you have already pressed one, I will get to you. I see your hand, but do not hang up because you will not be able to call in. And uh, I won't be bringing you in if you hang up and get knocked off. You just miss the rest of the show. But go ahead, Baba. I'm sorry. I just want to make that announcement. Yeah, said, and that's a bitter pill be- for bitter pill for people because, um, I mean, even you know, even people in your family. I'm not talking about your your house family. I'm talking about in your your physical everyday family. You know, that are not part of your family. You know, like uh, the the great Bobby. Bobby Hemmings would say, he says, you know, he says, some of these knuckleheads in your family is worse worse than your worst enemy, mm-hmm. you know. They're not your real family. You know, your real family 
is those who can see you, who support you, who understand that, okay, this is the person that is the one that, you know, we need to support, you know. Because, I mean, how many folks are the different one, you know, uh, in their family? You're the one that's black and want to talk about, want to talk about, you know, you can't drink the tap water and all that kind of stuff. Say, so, Negro, you were born and raised up on that tap water. Now you're talking about you can't drink tap water. You know, you was eating meat. You you know, uh, we grew up eating bacon sandwiches and Spam. Now you're talking about, you you know, you, you can only eat vegetables and, you know, that type of thing. And, you know, that that kind of stuff. You were a Christian. Uh, we grew up in the same church, same, sung in the same choir. Now you're saying uh, you don't believe in Jesus no more. Well, I'm, uh, I believe in Jesus, and you're a heathen, and you can't say nothing to me no more. You can't come over my house no more. You can't be around my children because you don't believe in Jesus no more. Them type of family members. <laughs> yeah, you know. I do know them. I do know exactly who you're talking about. I I know them. You couldn't you couldn't tell them. I did not say anything about uh, astrology or, or Mercury retrograde or um, a moon void, of course, um, or at the dinner table. Yeah, yeah don't come in here. Don't, don't come. Don't bring your butt in here on Thanksgiving while we trying to eat turkey. You talking about a tofurkey? Don't come in here talk about no astrology and all that kind of stuff because you know. Uh, we don't want to hear it. We want to look at the football game after we get to eating. We don't want no conversation about the moon or Mars or that there may be aliens or nothing like that. If you can't just come in here and watch the football game with everybody else, you know, because you make you you gonna make everybody else nervous and you know, you ain't interested in football no more. You say when you were a child, you did childish things. But when you became a man, you put childish things away. No, I don't give a damn about whether the Lions beat the Packers. Nope, don't care. You know. <laughs> well, you ain't got to worry about that can't anyway you, in Detroit. Can't you, see, can't, you see, can't you see? Can't you see? Yeah, we ain't got to worry about that Detroit because they ain't beat nobody. But the thing is, is that <laughs> the thing is, is that you know. You know, can't you see? Can't you see it's my grown man now? I that ain't, you know. I mean, I'll be sociable, but I ain't, you know, that ain't running my life, and I ain't investing, you know, real energy into nothing, none of that kind of nonsense. No, I want to, I want to, I want to be able to, to, to travel the world and see uh, things that uh, were were built thousands of years ago to be able to, to glean the information at it, to be able to touch the stone, to be able to to uh, go up and gaze out onto a landscape and see what I can see and what I can feel from it. You know? Hey, your bank account is empty. Why is your bank account empty? Because I took a jet to Egypt and I, I, I read about the pyramids in Egypt all my life. Now I'm standing here as the sun is coming up and you ride out of Cairo and ride down that road and the sun is coming up behind them three pyramids 
and you just say, mm. "Damn, I, I, it ain't no way you can describe it." Mm. And even mm. though it's against it, and even though it's against the law, you wait till you, you wait tonight, and you climb up to the top of it and spend the night on top of the Great Pyramid of Khufu in Egypt. You know, and you take a couple of pieces of the rock and put them in your pocket and bring them home and sit them uh, in your your uh, a little pyramid on top of the uh, uh, the top shelf of your closet. You know, that's what I'm talking about. Mm. You know, or when you go when you go to uh, the Gambia in West Africa. And you walking down the road at night, and they didn't took the little boy. They didn't came and put a sack over them and drug them out into the bush, and that's where they go for their manhood training because they still do it. And then you had the masquerade coming down the road. It's a, it's a figure in all black, and it's night, and he coming down the road. He coming down the road with two sharp machetes, and he accosts you on the road. And you got to give him money. Because the money is to take care of the boys while they're out in their manor training in the bush, mm. you know. And you go out, you you go out there, and you got to go to the bathroom. In the bathroom, it's out in the doggone backyard. It's a hole in the ground with a Maxwell coffee can on top of the toilet paper, you know. And you out there, and it's raining at night, and you crouched. Over, you crossed over a hole in the ground, and you know uh, you're trying not to get the toilet paper wet because you're using the bathroom on the doggone uh, uh, on the doggone yard, and, uh, and you turn around and there's an ox standing there, you know, a big water buffalo ox standing there behind you, snorting, you know. Or you go off to get, or you go off to, to you you crossing the river and you miss the ferry for the night, and this little boy is standing on the on the shore, and you got to get from one shore to the other shore, and the little boy got a a little a little dugout, it ain't even a canoe. It's the the thing will flip over if you 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 lean to one side, the thing will flip over. But you got a little boy, twelve years old, he gonna ferry you from one shore. To the other shore is night. You can't even see. You sit black, and you sitting in the doggone little dugout with a twelve-year-old boy who's ferrying you from one shore to the other shore at twelve, one o'clock mm-hmm. in the morning when ain't nobody out. When ain't nobody out. This is the only way you can get to the other side, other side of the shore. Or when you know you 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 want to go out to a, a particular village, the spirit, a spiritual village, and the, the young brother say, uh, you say, how far is it? He say, oh, it's not far. Not far. I walk it all the time. Then you get in the, you get, you, you, you get in the taxi to get to the bus or you get in the trotro or the, the, you know, the African taxi where everybody get in, you know, in there with chickens and, you know, they drug the goat in there and the goat is, you know, got his lip on your, on your, on your pants and you ride that and you get to the bus. Then you get on the bus and you wear you ride the bus for eight hours, then the bus break down. Then you get off the bus, you get in the taxi, you ride 30 miles in the taxi. You get out the taxi, you get in the donkey cart. You get in the donkey cart, you ride the donkey cart 
for half the dog on day, get out the doggy car and walk 10 kilometers. You get to the village and it's dark, so you can't go back. And they say, you go spend the night. Say, yeah, well, everybody come out because this ain't no village where, this ain't no tourist village. This is where all the people want to come out and see who the stranger is who come to see them. Well, everybody got to come out. You got to greet everybody. You got to drink the drink of the, of the village, which is milk straight out the cow with some herbs in it, some other stuff. You know, you got milk straight out the cow titty. You don't drink milk. You're a vegan and all this kind of stuff. But you got you to drink because you don't want to insult the people because ain't nobody been out to see them for a year. They come out drumming and dancing and throwing babies at you and everything else. Then they put you in the hut for the night. You're in the hut. They say, okay, that path down there, you can go down the path and you go over there and pee, but don't leave this dog on path because there's things out here. <laughs> We'd have told the animals, we'd have told the animals, we told the, we told the leopards, and we told the cobras, and we told the, the, the other animals that are out here that will kill you, that is a, that is a stranger in the, the village, so don't kill them. He said, stay on this path, don't leave the path, don't go off to the right, don't go off to the left, don't go in them bushes. You go down here, or you can come down to this, this, other, this other hut, this other house, but don't go no place else in the dark, cause when it get dark, people go to sleep. They don't be up, you know, wandering around and stuff like that. Like here, you stay up, people stay up 24 hours. New York, the city that never sleeps, and all that kind of stuff. Nope, get dark, people go to sleep, cause the men got to be up at three o'clock in the morning, cause they're going out and getting their boats, and they're going out in the ocean to catch the fish. The men are back by 6 o'clock in the morning. They give the fish to the women. The women take the fish to the market to sell. The men then come. They had a break. They, they wash. They had a breakfast. Then they sit around the tree, and they talk big stuff. They talk about the weather. They talk about how the fishing was, where the fish going to be next week, all those different type of things. Then that night where you're in the hut, you know, they say you're scared of rocks. What the heck are the rocks? It's rocks, rocks. And they got the, what's called the giant Gambian rats. They're like big as like pit bulls. <laughs> like, so these cutters, these cutters would be going through the doggone grass and stuff like that. So, and then on the way back, you got to go all the way back. But the taxi, when you get to the last part where you're about 10 miles away, the taxi breaks down. And in Africa, they ain't got no jacks. So you change the tire. How you change the tire? You take the car, tip it over on its side, and change the tire. Mm. Then turn the then turn the car back on. Turn the car back. You know. Then you go back to the to to, to your village. You go back to the house. Everybody greets you in the morning. Things like that. Everybody say hello. You know. It ain't no th- thing. Well, this person is American. He ain't really African. Uh, this person was this and that. You know, it's not like that. It's real people, real things. And when I got those boys out there in the bush, they're teaching them all the different things that they have to know, revealing to them the mysteries of their particular people and their particular village and how their people came and all these different type of things. And then later on, later initiations and the other things, they take it higher and keep taking it higher, keep taking it higher. 
Now we're going to talk about the stars because that Dogon stuff with the stars, that ain't just the Dogon. That's all of them people there. They all say that they come from the stars. They all say that they come from the small places. Because you have villagers within villages within villages, fractals. You have a small village inside of the village in the shrine house. Then in the shrine house in the little village inside of the big village is another shrine house all the way down into the infraparticle realms. And the women have the same thing, the, the, the mysteries, the female mysteries, braiding hair. What is braiding hair? That ain't no big deal. Why do the men, uh, when they make a wrapper, tie it on the right side and the women on the left side? Why do women wear two loppers? Because the second loppers is the one you wrap the baby uh, on the back with. That's why they know, That's how they know you're married. Or the gaylay, the head tie. What does it mean if you tie it to the left? What does it mean if you tie it to the right? What does it mean if it's in the front? What the patterns on your uh, on your cloth mean? What's the language in that? It's all deliberate information. What do the scars mean? What family I come from? What star system I come from? Who are my ancestors? What animals are my totem because of the march that I own there? And those things shine up, move, connect into um, the, other part, the other people in the families. Those marks make direct light marks from one mark to the other family members everywhere on earth. And those marks that are connected to all of the different people that are in the same house and same family on earth connect out into the stars and down into the infraparticle realms. Because that medicine that you see in them cuts, that black medicine, they don't hardly even do it no more. But that black medicine in them cuts, that came from from Faye, which is the planet in the Sirius star system. And they brought it with them when they came here. And they keep they they keep a a, a seed amount that they make the new medicine and they put the medicine from the parent medicine in the new medicine and that exponentiates it so that it can be reproduced over and over and over mm. so that the medicine inside of the people, they know where those people come from, which star system, which star they're from. Because you call you can you can call that medicine, you know. There's a sacred language that goes along with it. You can invoke those star beings that have the same medicine that you have. You can invoke those star beings because you have their medicine. Uh. And inside of that medicine are the spores of the mushrooms that they brought when they came to Earth. The spores are in the spores are in there. The sacred ashes in there. All of that. That's that's the 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 old stuff. Wow. But since but since 
99.9999999% of the people ain't going to believe me. I can say it. <laughs> but they go, they say, oh, well, he's just talking stuff. Medicine connected to star systems and, you know, the patterns that people have in their clothing are saying who they are, what house they're part of. That's why I can say it. Some people will be mad about it, but it's time to start revealing these things. It's time for us to evolve our way up out of this thing. It's time to become real. Give the people the information. If we don't, if we don't give the people the the knowledge and the information, they're not going to, you know, uh, it will just be longer, and you know. We'll be <laughs> we'll be up in this mess a little bit longer, you know. But like all those people in those areas are, they're talking about star systems and who they are, where they come from, the great houses of uh, the solar system and galaxy and stuff like that. You know, you say who 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 are you? Well, I'm Sammy Johnson from Sweet Pea, Alabama. Oh, that's who you are? Okay, Sammy Johnson from Sweet Pea, Alabama. And I hope you at Sweet Pea, Alabama have a nice time here on Earth with the knuckleheads. There's a whole bunch of knuckleheads out here. Wow. Uh, this is some of the things that we're going to try to get you to talk about when we get you down to Atlanta, Baba. I wanted to talk to the listening audience about um, letting, you, letting them know that we are working behind the scenes to get Baba down uh, late February to Atlanta. So if you are in the Atlanta area or five or six hours within Atlanta, uh, I think it's going to be uh, worth your time, and we also are going to be having a class on the second day, which is going to be how to grow your own. Baba Kalinde, can you talk about what's going to be covered in that class or the importance of having your own uh stash or your own mushrooms or even having the knowledge to pass down to a per to to your own lineage like do you want to pass down a house that's going to have need repair or do you want to pass down a technique that's going to unfold the universe so can you talk about the well yeah well this this got us cut off last time but i'll just say that are you there oh we're not getting cut off this one okay yeah. Okay. Well, we ain't it, doing that. It, it it makes you uh it gives you the ability to have your own so that you can then start um start putting yourself in position to be able to journey as you need to for your own self. In other words, whether that be once a month, whether it be once every two months, whether it be on the full moon, the new moon, uh, whether it be when, uh, you know, you you set it up 
because in your experience, no one can tell you how and when to do it. You want to have the entheogens available to be able to do it when they call you because it will call you. It's calling me. It's calling me now, <laughs> and I'm postponing uh, for another for a week or so here. But uh, you want to be able to have your own, so you don't have to get it from anybody else. Um, because it's always better if you grow your own. You have that relationship with it, or someone in your in your house is growing it for the house, where you can, you know, uh, it'll it'll be encoded to you all rather than from maybe someone who has is just profit motive motive has profit motives. Um you know, it will work, but it's much better if you grow them yourself. So this will uh give you the ability to be perpetual in your growing so that if you acquire one spore print, you can then perpetuate those mushrooms uh, continuously forever, and you can pass them on to your children, grandchildren, things like that. You don't. You only have to get one. That means it's not. You ain't paying tithes every Sunday. You ain't giving the the guru. You know, uh, twelve hundred dollars for you know to him to have his. Uh, you know, to, to pay a jaguar bill. Uh, you know, none, none of that. You get you get one less than a hundred dollars worth of equipment, and you can grow the rest of your life in the comfort of your own home. So that's what we'll be conveying. Hmm. Yes, yes, yes. So um, we will be letting y'all know hopefully by next week. So please listen in uh, next week. We're going to get into relationships and Tantra. We, uh, Baba told us the first episode that don't try to sneak it in at the end. We're going to need a whole show. So um, next week, for you lovers out there, or all you yoginis, all you practices of Tantra, everybody talking about healing relationships and sex, freedom, liberation, this is going to be the show for y'all. Well, every show in my opinion, is a show for you. But, you know, specifically um, next week, we're really going to get into that subject right there. Um, Baba, how do people get in contact with you, or do you have anything that uh, you want to let people know about, uh, events that you have coming up other than Atlanta? You got something going on in Detroit that you want to let people know about? Well, we'll be having a uh, toad medicine uh, excursion with Dr. Jerry and myself uh, coming up in May. We have the Food of the Gods tour, which is a tour to Mexico to eat the toad and I mean, smoke the toad and eat the Food of the God mushrooms, which are the uh, thunder and lightning mushrooms that grow in the mountains. Uh, we have that coming up uh, in the late part of June, early July, uh, we'll give a exact date in a in a couple of months so that uh, folks will know the exact dates because we have to go with the mushrooms and how they come because these are cultivated 
mushrooms like you would be cultivating or growing them in your house or your yard. These are the mushrooms that grow only where the lightning strikes in these very special mountains uh, outside of Oaxaca in Mexico. And then we're going to be busting up in the uh, at some of the comp- conferences this year, uh, the Intergenic Conferences. Parking Convention is one that we'll be, be going to. Breaking Convention is the largest psychedelic conference in uh, the British Isles in Europe. Uh, we'll be doing that in August. So these are the things that we have coming up. Uh, we're looking forward to many of you participating in these things and getting to know more and more about the entheogenic world, the psychedelic world, the hallucinogenic world, and how it relates to you and you and I and our families. So have that coming up. Um, uh, these things coming up very quickly. You know, this year we're almost out of January already, so it's going to move real quick. Then we're going to be into the Roaring Twenties. Mm. Just like in uh, 1919 and things like that, uh, where the, the, the big changes, the big change came from, you know, uh, especially dealing with women moving from the the long, bustled clothing and stuff like that, the short miniskirts and cutting their hair and starting to smoke and <laughs> moving to the old things. Well, the Roaring Twenties will be uh, just as, you know, uh, changing. It'll basically be the Roaring Twenties dealing with gender uh, and those types of things. You know, people will be, you know, all different types of things, you know, and uh, they will want people to identify them as whatever they feel like they are inside themselves and sort of be a lot of that in during the roaring 20s, new technologies, new ways of viewing the world and all that kind of stuff. And we got to stay up and above and ahead of it so that we can continue to evolve up and out of this uh, human construct. Because the AI ain't waiting. It's already actualized. It's already blockchained into the Internet. Um, you know, so uh, it's just laying in the cut. Wow. I would, somebody had texted me and said something about some ayahuasca, but after after all you done gave us tonight... I'm gonna let you get off. I'm, I'm gonna let you off work early. You know, just like the good old Mr. Well, Charlie. Well, I mean, they wanted to. They they wanted to to ask a question about ayahuasca. Or they wanted to comment about it. Or, I mean, I'll take the question. Well, somebody if they, want to ask, if they want to ask a question. Okay. Well, they they had they had they had really texted me like before the show, but then he said, but when he heard you talking okay. about your teacher, he texted me and said, "Man, I want to hear about his teacher." You actually. I mean, figurative. If I was to read the text, he was like, "Damn the ayahuasca! I want to hear about his teacher." <laughs> well, right. <laughs> so, I mean, and we do too. But I do have two callers on the line with a hand raised. Uh, caller from the eight three two four nine. I'm sorry. Go ahead. 
Yeah, no, no, I'm saying I'll deal with the, the people who've been waiting online with questions, you know, because they've been waiting, so I'll deal, I'll deal with them. Okay. Caller from the eight through eight three two four nine nine. Your mic is wide open. Can I get your name and where you're calling from, please? Hey, how's it going? Uh, this is John from Texas. Can you hear me? Greetings. Okay. Greetings. Yeah, yes, how you doing? Here. Thanks for calling Great. me. Um, I had a few questions. Uh, first off, uh, why do you think mushrooms are so judgmental? Or do you think they're judgmental at all? Because it seems um, when I do take the higher doses, uh, my subconsciousness shows up and tries to judge me for my past transgressions. How much, how that much ever is the you? dose you're taking? How much of the doses you're uh, taking? My highest dose so far, and I, it's, I hate to say it, but it's only five grams. Oh well, okay. Well, you still in the you still in your own? I'm in the bay your own trip. I know. You're in the tri- no. I'm I'm just saying you're in the you're in your own trip. It's gonna be dealing with your psychology and all those type of things. Some people can bust out or break through on five grams. Others stay stuck in you know, um, you know, uh, my brother. You know, used to bully me when I was a little kid, and you know, um, dad never really loved me. And you know, uh, if I'd only went to college. People get stuck in that, but if you get into the higher doses, none of that's gonna none of that's gonna be there. You just okay. you basically it's still in your own mind and judging yourself, and this will work you through that. But you have to be consistent in the utilization of it, and it'll it'll work its way out if you keep you know if you keep at it. But the higher doses, you can just jump right over all of that and go. Oh. <laughs> straight into the, the the straight into the multiverse and all of that kind of stuff. Okay, no, that that's good to hear because that's that's you know that's part of the other question. Like, am I is is there there a stage beyond this judgmental stage? And you just answer that saying, you know, you just jump right over everything and you're in the you're in the multiverse. And that's yeah. kind of reassuring you here because I've been, I've been, that's kind of what's been holding me back is my subconsciousness. And so I've been stuck in the five gram range and I'm, I feel like I need to go further, especially after hearing you question. talk. Um, yeah. John, you mind you if I ask a question for, now? Yeah, uh, go, yeah, go, go further, but yeah. take, you, take your time. It's not a race. Yeah. Okay. Yes, sir. Uh, go ahead. Um, why do you think up to uh, to this point that you only went up to five grams and not and not beyond it? Well, when I first started taking mushrooms, uh, it was only about a year and a half ago, and uh, we all started off with baby steps. So I started off with one point five grams, and then I started off with then I went to three point five, and then I went to four, and then I went to five, and I hit a roadblock, and uh, that's that's when my subconscious showed up and it kind of showed me some things I didn't like about myself. And so I guess your response to that would be, well, you need to change those things. And so I've been scared to go to seven or nine grams or 11 grams or anything past that because uh, that was a very difficult, it was very psychologically difficult to deal with that to what it, what it showed me. Um, I felt like, I felt like I was dying, you know, feel like a, 
felt like a piece of shit. <laughs> and um, so I, I never wanted that to happen again. Honestly, for me to still even take mushrooms, I'm very surprised because uh, that shook me to my core. And so I've kind of reset and I started I'm, I'm going back up to my dose and I've been listening to Kalindi a lot and uh, I'm ready to take it beyond that. I've, I've corrected my mistakes, I guess you could say. And uh, yeah, so hearing it come from him is, is very reassuring because I don't know anybody else that's talking about these high doses or anybody else that has anywhere near the amount of information that he has. So it's very comforting for him to tell me that that, you know, you take the higher dose and you're going to kind of just skip over all that stuff. And that's really what I wanted to hear. And it gives me more confidence. Uh, I'm going to give you, I'm going to get, (laughs) absolutely. I just want to give you one thing before you, John, is that um, you're never going to step into the same river twice. So what happened before was that particular situation. Don't hold on to it. And I also want to congratulate you on your courage as you move forward, you know, at, um, on this journey. Because a lot of people not even taking one gram. So, um, <laughs> just want to congratulate you. Yeah, yeah, five, five, yeah five, five grams is a five grams is a worthy dose, and it's it's not a small thing. So, um, uh, this is real. So don't you know? Don't don't think uh, five grams is small. It's not, but Push forward. Have a good evening. Absolutely. Thank you. Peace. All right. Peace. Caller from the 505-545. Your mic is wide open. Can I get your name and where you're calling from, please? Greetings, Coach, and greetings. I don't know the brother's name, but he seems very expert in mycology and especially the type that he's uh, experimenting and working with. This is Tiffany. I'm in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Mm-hmm. And I just have a question. Uh, Greetings, brother. Thank you for being here. Um, My question is about um, do you grow your mushrooms um, or do you wild craft? And if you do grow, what substrate do you use? I'm a lover of mycology, so just interested. Well, I I do grow. I've been growing since the 1970s. uh, the substrate I use is uh, cocoa core and vermiculite. Um, I mean, I use other things, but basically cocoa core and vermiculite with a pinch of gypsum. So that's what uh, I use. Well, thank you. I want to research that more. I appreciate it. All right, brothers, yeah. peace. Peace. All all right. She just called in with a little smile question. All right. I thought she was going to go a little further. Uh, caller from the 248-802. Your mic is wide open. Can I get your name and where you're calling from, please? This is Brother Shimsu Netcha out of Pontiac. I had a quick question for Baba Kalinda. Peace. Peace, Brother. Yeah. I, 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 I'm, uh, I've definitely enjoyed your classes. I took your uh, How to Grow Mushroom uh course and it was excellent i got the pfk going uh it it went it went well i was successful got uh a nice quantity of them i think i got the pfk down pretty good i was wondering when are you going to teach the bulk substrate course oh sure um it'll be sometime it'll be sometime uh probably the next couple of months it'll be uh 
Uh, so it'll be in the next couple of months. Yes, I love that PFK class. That uh, answered a lot of questions. I was successful this time. Uh, uh, I had some missing Good. things that I was doing, and your DVD, your video uh, answered those questions, and I got them done successfully. Well, I'm glad you were successful. Um, that's the main thing: learn how to, uh, you know, learn how to uh, to do your own, so you have them, and you know, when you're ready to go, you have the. The, the mushroom to be able to go ahead and go and, and do what you got to do. So Yeah, I did some golden uh, features. That's good. Good. Mm-hmm. Have a good evening. Peace. You too. Peace, brother. All right. Uh, anybody else who's on the line want to come on and have a comment, question, or feedback from tonight's show? All you got to do is press 1, and we're going to uh, bring you in. Um, but yeah, that, um, I started on it too. The P, what's that? PF Tech? What did the PF stand for? Yeah. Uh, Psilocybin Fanaticus. Oh. That was the, that was the handle of the, uh, you know, person who, uh, who created the technique so that uh, people could, uh, you know, grow their own without being, you know, mycologists and having mycological knowledge and information, you know. uh, It it opened it up for the Internet and, uh, you know, for people to be, you know, uh, able to, to grow their own. Mm, I I really one thing I that that really impressed me about the class, like you said, was being able to leave leave the technique behind. You know, when you were talking about having the right equipment versus taking shortcuts, and um, yeah, that's that's just not not just where it comes to using a pot versus a pressure cooker, but I think a lot of people. Um, for me, as a former cannabis smoker, and now having talked to some people who still smoke cannabis, um, I and then they try to compare their experience with um, a psilocybin experience, and I say, man, that's really—I'm not even going to call it a shortcut, but until you, you know, take a what I say, take a gram in my shoes, you're not really going to see what I'm talking about because. It's just beyond. It's just beyond the words for me personally. But I will ask that well, last. Um, yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no. I was. I was uh, just saying for you to go ahead. Oh, that was it. But um, we do have one more person. Just raise their hand. Call it from the nine one six two four one. Your mic is wide open. Can I get your name and where you calling from, please? Greetings, teachers. My name is Rochelle. I'm calling from Patterson, California. How are you guys this evening? We are marvelous. Greetings. How are you? Okay. Well, my question is, I have been offered uh, mushrooms on a few times and. I just didn't feel right about doing it. But now that it came up uh, when I had the inkling to try it, 
I don't have a group that would be able to watch me. So if someone was to try it for the first time by themselves, what would be the environment that would be? I, I want to use the word safest, but then that's coming from a place of fear. So what would be, I, I guess, most comfortable or suggested? Well, in, in a place that's most comfortable, I mean, your your, your bedroom, your uh, living room couch or something like that where you feel most comfortable at you you can't find a person to to uh uh sit with you for an evening not for this no <laughs> <laughs> wow well usually we usually it's somebody yeah usually somebody in your sphere of or friends, family, or whatever, who would just be able to sit with you for a night, even if you had to school them on, uh, you know, what you're what you're doing and uh, the research in it. Um, where where are you where are you uh, located? California, California. Near Sacramento well, area. California yeah. in the in the in the Bay Area. There's um, many different. Um, uh, psychedelic groups in the LA area. There's uh, psychedelic groups. So go on the internet in whatever city you're in, you know, just say, you know, uh, psychedelic group in your city, and that'll bring something up. And they usually have monthly meetings, you know, and you could go to the meeting and you get a chance to be around people who have already done it and you know, uh, as you, you know, go to a meeting or two, you you can usually find somebody who would, would watch you for an evening, you know, for your first time to get started, um, you know, because it's, uh, you know, there are people who, you know, uh, do it by themselves for the first time. You know, we should suggest in protocol that you have a sitter with you, you know, um, but, uh, you know, like I said, some people have done it. You just have to understand and uh, be confident within yourself. But I would suggest trying to find a your your local psychedelic group. Um, most colleges, universities have uh, psychedelic clubs. You can uh, Google Maps, Multidisciplinary Association for Psychedelics uh, Studies, um, uh, they usually have chapters everywhere. There are several um, psychedelic conferences coming up. One is coming up in uh, uh, one's coming up in Arizona. Um, I think there's one. There's always something coming up in British Columbia and uh, places like that. Uh, so you just have to get on the Internet and find out where some folks are that are close to you, and you can always then find somebody who would, uh, would you know, put in a few hours to, to watch you for an evening. Okay. Well, thank you very much for asking my question. You gentlemen have a blessed evening. You have a good evening also. Peace. Thanks, Rochelle. Peace. Thanks for tuning in, too. Big Brother Am Sue is on the line. Your mic is wide open. What's happening down there in North Carolina? 
Everything good to hear you, good brothers, once again. And uh, glad to. Peace, brother. Peace. Peace, 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 Baba Kalinda. Yes. I had a question in regards to, you know, because you, you've been doing this, you know, as, as your uh, testament since the 70s. And, you know, as I, you know, just in the process now, speaking to people who have used the psilocybin in the past, either for recreationally, you know, they did other things as well. Then I find that, you know, I haven't really talked to anyone who's been like a long-standing, as I call, uh, scientist like yourself, who's who's gone through decades of doing this without, you know, you know, basically making it this far without saying, "Hey, I'm I'm burnt out with this process" or something. So, how, you know, what is the difference between, you know, the times when you started out into, you know, getting up to this point? There's more than three people doing it. <laughs> but this, you 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 building com- communities now. Back then, it was only a few. It was only a few people. The the war on drugs had just you know just started to kick in, and you know, as far as uh, you know, black people were concerned, it was something that was a white hippie thing, and they didn't want anything to do with it. Um. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it was a propaganda program that was put out that kept people away. And I was just study saying, study saying, no, that's not the case. Uh, it's, it's something more, something different. But people weren't listening. And I did that for decades. I started lecturing, you know, started lecturing on um, psychedelics at the engines, things like that. And I'd have two people in the audience and when conferences started to opening up, I started going to conferences and I eventually started speaking at conferences. So it's more people now opening up, you know, and it's it's been basically because, you know, in the different colleges are opening up to psychedelics. Now, you know, you have all the major universities, you know, city college, New York, Columbia, you know, uh, the, the different European uh, universities, things like that, you know, you know, Edinburgh and Cambridge and Oxford and, you know, Eton and, you know, all these different places, all this stuff, and, you know, even Stanford and, you know, Boston University and the University of Michigan and all these different schools now have uh, psychedelic groups, you know, Mm. Arm reduction psychedelic groups and psychedelic groups and you know uh, mushroom foraging is you know uh, getting more and more popular. You have things like the Telluride Mushroom Festival where uh, Telluride, Colorado, the whole town turns into you know a mushroom town and you know you have the mushroom parade and the mushroom king and queen and all the dishes them uh, in the in the different uh, restaurants and things like that, feature mushrooms and, you know, just these type of things are opening it up so that it's becoming more and more mainstream. And then, you know, uh, the different studies that are going on and all these different things are opening up to where people 
are you know starting to look at it in a, in a different light. You know, you're you're uh, you know uh, a scientist or a explorer or something like that, rather than oh, this person's just a, a druggie. You just want to get high. You know, so that's really what's changed in you know the last forty eight years. You know, I've been doing dealing with it. Man, that's that's quite a, that's quite a journey, and I really appreciate that because you know, especially for you know a brother out here doing it. Because when I think about the different organizations and people that have been out front you know, talking about spirituality and things like that, you know, we haven't, you know, we haven't really had this information brought forth to the table. And, and you know, now with all the, the information out here, things that you've even shared, so much of, you know, all our major religions and everything come out of that, you know, the use of these antineogens. So, uh, I think it's so important, and I'm glad to see that, you know, you're you're on the show here, Coach. You you know, you opening up this this conversation. So well, I, you know, well, I mean, I'd be in I'd be in places where, you know, um, I'd be in places in Europe or in the UK and things like that. And did, did you ever see the movie The The Day the Earth Stood Still? Uh, it was a sci-fi movie from the 50s where this spacecraft landed on the mall in Washington, D.C. Well, if I had been a spacecraft that landed on the White House lawn, I wouldn't have got the same looks as I got going into some of these entheogenic groups and conferences and things like that. It's like, you know, you go in and sit down. It's like, uh, you, do you know what this is? Are you in the right place? Are you sure you you sure you want to be here? You know, mm. it's like it's like it's like going to a, a Finnegan's Wake group group reading. You know, it's like uh, do you know where you you know where you at? Well, I, yeah, I came. Okay, I know where I'm at, and I know what I'm here for. And I know what y'all doing, so yeah, I'm here. And then mm. it became, you know, you know, okay, well, that's that guy, you know. Wow. Okay. Mm. Yeah. 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 That's excellent, Johnny. I saw your I saw your video today on the lack of diversity in the in the community. You was you you uh, you got that off your chest right there that day. I don't know how many I don't know how many years ago that was, but I was even surprised that they even gave you the platform to 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 speak on that, you know, and how how raw you were with it, you know, saying that was hey, twenty eight seventeen. Yeah, that was twenty seventeen. I believe that was twenty seventeen. Or was it twenty eighteen? I think it was twenty yeah, that was twenty seventeen. That I uh did that. But I'm not gonna let him pigeon pigeonhole me into the diversity guy. Like I'm just there to grind the axe on why y'all don't let us in because we have our we have our we have our own conference. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I don't have to beg anybody about anything. Um, 
unapologetically uh, African in my viewpoint of it, you know, and, you know, I get uh, some flack about it, but, you know, I ain't, you know, I ain't begging anybody for anything. And that, you know, as far as the inclusion and diversity and all that kind of stuff, you know, I, the, they need me. I don't need them. You know, but the places that the places that I speak at uh, have been uh, gracious in, you know, uh, being able to, you know, basically give us a, a, a area to. Uh, be able to put a different type of information in, you know, breaking convention. I've spoken at all of the breaking convention conferences that there have been, and breaking convention has been one uh, that I I definitely enjoy uh, every other year because it's every other year. It will be this year uh, in August, and we'll be going to that, and we'll be uh, bringing some new information and uh, getting a chance to – share and learn at the Breaking Convention Conference. So uh, that's one of the uh, must-go conferences when you're dealing with psychedelics. It's at the Old Navy College in Greenwich uh, in London. Uh, it's where the, uh, the, the, the Greenwich uh, mean time is. It's where the, the line of demarcation, uh, the clock, where they set the clock and all that kind of stuff, you can stand at that point and have one foot in the east and the other foot in the west. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's uh, right across from the Old Navy College, and we have a uh, a, a great time there at uh, Breaking Adventure. So everybody who uh, has the wherewithal and a little bit of expendable finances to be able to go to a psychedelic conference for three days, um, Go to the Breaking Convention Conference. Uh, uh, it's always uh, top flight, top notch, uh, great speakers uh, on different levels. You know the the actual people who are doing it, the scientific people who are talking about it, and the you know uh, the shaman, the gurus, the different people who are the ayahuasca people and the mushroom people and the uh, combo people and the salvia folks and all these different types of folks will be there. And then they have books to add to your library and all that kind of stuff. Oh, man, that, that you sounds like it? a... Oh, go ahead, Amphro. Oh, I, no, that's fine, brother. I was just... You know, as he was, you know, rattling off all the the things and the happenings with that, I was like, I was thinking about that menu, you know. <laughs> so. Uh, oh yeah, well they have a, uh, they have a menu. Okay. <laughs> yeah, they have a menu. Okay. Baba Kalinda, if you were to name uh, three books after all of you know for people to like just getting started on the journey for for research. Um, on this particular trip, what would be three books that you would suggest? Um, uh, would that be you're talking about growing books on growing or books just for knowledge and information? Woo! I'm gonna let you just throw three out there. That's that's you. 
trying to pin me into a corner, either one you want to go, whichever of the three you think, somebody should say, hey, go grab these three right here. Should we start with Carlos Castaneda? Um, That's what you call it. Well, um, the first five books of Carlos Castaneda um, is is uh, their their books that I recommend. After the fifth book, you know, he's kind of going off into a uh, uh, his whole thing. Um, well, I say like uh, Aldous Huxley, um, The Doors of Perception. Uh, Food of the Gods, The Search for the Original Tree of Knowledge by Terence McKenna, uh, The Psychedelic Experience, a manual based on the Tibetan Book of the Dead by Timothy Leary, uh, Breaking Open the Head, A Psychedelic Journey into the Heart of Contemporary Shamanism by Daniel Pinchbeck, um, hmm. let's see... Sacred Knowledge, uh, you know, Psychedelics and Religious Experience. These are some of the books that, uh, you know, uh, I recommend uh, reading. Uh, Decomposing the Shadow by James uh, Gesso. Um, What else? You should be able to do something with them. (laughs) (laughs) For real. Right. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, psychedelic sex also by uh, Eric uh, Gottland and Paul Kressner. Kressner. The uh, yeah, psychedelic sex is good. And oh, oh, yeah, of course you can you can get um, this probably on PDF. Um, DMT Spirit Molecule by uh, Rick Strassman. Yeah. Um, that's the actual uh, book, but they also did a, a DVD, um, and it was uh, basically, I don't want to say narrated, but, you know, the, the host, um, you know, um, uh, what was a good book? I'm trying to think of who. 